All right, everybody. Uh, welcome back to Tailgates and Heartbreaks presented by Section 513, episode number 13. Um, I am your host, uh, Jacob Geyser, alongside co-host uh, Johnny Bravo and uh, producer um, Tito. Uh, what's up, boys? Uh, nothing much. Yeah, for the people you can't really see because this is a an audio podcast not a visual and thank god because my hair is ridiculous this morning so i i told was telling them this is the first day i haven't worn a hat and forever and this will be the last day i don't because my hair i mean it's ridiculous i wish i could show people but it honestly looks like it honestly looks like you have like a wig on while you're dealing with like a receding hairline that is just sticking straight <laughs> up on your head, it's wild. It is, yeah, it's crazy. I look like a peacock. Yeah, we're 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 not gonna call this like a number episode like we've been doing lately. We're just gonna call this the Johnny Bravo episode. That's fine with that's me. Because be. I actually <laughs> forgot to look up who's like a famous number thirteen. I mean, honestly, it, it is Tito's turn in rotation, whether or not he knows it or not yet. I mean, it is Tito's turn. So, All right. Tito, so Tito, Tito should have just seen him. He's scrambling to try to find it. I think Concepcion is number 13, right? Yeah, but that's not like a random player. Like, that's a very good player. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, the only 13 I know off the off my head. I'll, yeah. I'll get back to you guys after the first uh, ad break. Let me. I'm going to do some digging here. I'm going to find a good one. Okay, All don't right. forget we're still recording, like, this podcast. So don't, don't yeah. lose me here. Although, for everyone joining... We are going to be talking a lot about UC, so Tito is probably going to be zoned out the entire time. Yeah, but maybe, maybe if you're not a Bearcats the- fan, that's great news for you because, one, yeah, you don't have to listen maybe, to Tito hey. talk, and, two, we get to talk about the bowl game. So Yeah, and, and, and we, we'll get to the Bearcat talk in the second segment um, today, uh, but we have to talk about the Who Days. How the about Bengals. them Bengals? Uh, beating, beating the Houston Texans 37 to 31, um, honestly was a fun game to watch. It was a great game. Like, like it was, it was kind of crazy to, cause you know, like for four weeks, Bengals, like football could have been anything but can't miss. Like you just didn't want to watch it. You just didn't want to touch with a temper pole. And then obviously, you know, Everybody kind of has to circle back for the Monday night game like last week, and they win. And then you come out and get Zach Taylor his first road win, and they win two in a row. I mean, it's – I think the pre- the most impressive thing for me is you get to see, like, the two different uh, ends of the spectrum here where you had a week prior – where you had Ryan Finley throw the ball 13 times, complete seven passes for like 80-something yards, and then Finley comes out and throws for almost 400 yards yesterday. Now, wow. granted, granted, the Houston Texans defense is not great, but, <clears throat> I mean, Brandon Allen might have cemented himself as the, as the backup quarterback going into next year and potentially playing if Burrow's not playing week one. Like that, that's, I think that's the biggest thing that's kind of lost in all of it is that they might've, I'm not saying it's the right option, but I mean, he actually looked like a competent quarterback yesterday. Brandon Allen looks like he did in college. And, you know, if you remember Brandon Allen in Arkansas, he was a beast. 
at least in his final year. Um, yeah. You know, it took him four years of playing for the Razorbacks to, like, be competent. But he – I think he absolutely deserves to be the backup player. You talk about the options you can go out and get this offseason. You know, there's the, the big names, uh, Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton, now Dwayne Haskins, who breaking news just got released um, by the R-Words. They – there's a lot of those big names, but dude, I don't want, I'd rather have a guy like Brandon Allen. Who's quiet. He knows the system and it, there's no going to be yeah. no controversy. He's not going to be, you know, if you bring yeah. in Jameis Winston, first off, you have to protect and hire more security at your local grocery store. You know, that guy in crab legs. Um, <laughs> there's just a lot of things that can come with trouble. And even Andy Dalton, it's like, Oh, I think I think the only one that would make the most sense, honestly, and I and I told I talked to Tito about this over the weekend, is if they were going to do that, I'd want them to bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, 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 yeah. And if they bring in a veteran like that, I mean, Fitzmagic ain't going to want to like steal the show. Because like, like, doesn't it seem like he's going to have like a decent price tag on him though? That's my only thing. Like, I'd love to have him, but yeah. Well, and here's another thing. In my opinion, wouldn't you rather save? You know. Yeah. Brandon Allen's not going to be expensive by any means. Finley, you can save five million dollars and spend that towards the offensive line, or you know, all these issues the team yeah. has. So I no. don't necessarily want the Bengals to go get a big name backup. Plus, plus, I like. I mean, I think you, I think you can see it where you bank on them also just getting, you know, Joe Mixon back, you know, Tyler Boyd back. You get C.J. Uzama back. Like you're going to have all sorts of weapons around. Brandon Allen to where like I think well first off I think all the credit you know Zach Taylor called a great game yesterday I felt like I mean they were like I said it's the Houston Texans defense they were dialing them I mean they were just getting whatever they wanted but I mean I feel like you can replicate that depending on how many games Burrow might miss or whatnot next year I mean I don't know I it, it like it's just, it was just a fun game. I mean, I think you saw, it, it was almost the perfect scenario where, well, actually, it kind of is, honestly, depending on how you feel about it, because, you know, I think we all wanted Panay Sewell. Like, I feel like if, you know, that was the pick. But it's like, at the end of, like, you need to win at some point. Like, you, if you're going to keep Zach Taylor, you need to be able to prove not only to, you know, I, I guess the front office, but but mainly just the fans that you can win with, you know, out having your starting franchise quarterback. And especially when other teams had been doing it around the league where coaches weren't as, you know, as crazy as it is like a coach in his first year, like Joe judge kept the giants competent without Daniel Jones. Now Colt McCoy is a veteran, but I mean, Colt McCoy is not a world beater by any means, you know, and I, I think it's just the Bengals he was. Yeah. And I think it's just the way the Bengals looked lifeless at times to yeah. for them to for them to kind of flip the switch and really like it seems like there is some momentum and you can see that there are pieces that are there where it's like okay, like they're going in the right direction. And I'm not saying I and I think the biggest thing too, is I'm kind of being long winded here, is you you don't have to think Zach is the guy. Like you don't have to think Zach's gonna be the one to take them to, to a Super Bowl, but if he is gonna be the head coach, you at least need to feel some sense of like, okay, like we can win 
you have enough talent on the like you have some talented players on the roster and and if you have a franchise quarterback he can maybe make up for some of those you know issues that like you know you know what, you know what I'm trying to say no absolutely like, Zach might not be the one to take them over the hump but there are people on the roster that could potentially take them over the hump without his help if that makes sense I, I kind of get what you're it, saying yeah and I think it's what the Bengals have showed uh well Monday night and then you know last game against the Texans you know it's these little things a win on the road Zach hasn't done they don't score any points in the third quarter like all year and yesterday I mean the offense was just Brandon Allen and the boys were just cruising and yeah Zach called a good game yeah Texans uh Texans suck. Um, but by the way, JJ Watt um, having a little meltdown, meltdown after the game was great. That was I awesome. say that I would pay, like I would, I'd give up this podcast to have a Bengals say that after a game. Yeah, That's, no, no, and yeah, and I sure. think I, that, and the biggest thing for me is like the last two games that attitude has been there, and I haven't seen that from the Bengals in five years. And it's, it's like, you know, something finally clicked. And as much as I was on the fire Zach Taylor train, you have to give him credit for rolling a team out there. It looks like they have a spine. Like, yeah, that no one's really, awesome. and there, there's been a bunch of, like, all year. I mean, hell, I've even, read an article. Even, we even last about- year, too. Even last year, too. Like, last year, like, I mean, they sucked. But they were in, like, almost every single game. And well, they yeah, actually- that's what I – that's what I was getting at. Like, you hear all these conflicting things about, oh, the locker room has given up, and he's lost the locker room. He obviously hasn't. I mean, you look no, at the God way no. they played the last uh, eight quarters of football, there's no way. Like, mm-hmm. these guys are pumped to play for him. They like him. You see um, my boy uh, Alexander getting a pick uh, against the Steelers, and the first thing he does is go up and, and hug Zach Taylor. Like, these guys love playing for Zach. I think you can see that. It's evident. So, yeah. Uh, and I think the in if if you're a Bengals fan, you got to feel good about like kind of how they won yesterday. Like it was a high scoring game. Defense needed to make a play. Defense made Defense a play on the last drive. Terrible but, all game. They had to make one play and they they went out and did it. Yeah. So like there was I'm not saying it was any like there was any truth to it, but I like. I kind of like have seen this this before where it's like, man, like if they play really good on defense, like the rest of the year, like do they be like, oh, Lou's got it figured out. We're going to bring Lou back. It's like, no, <laughs> Lou's going to get fired. <laughs> We're going to be there okay. There has to be a fall guy. You can't yeah. win. You can't win, what, four games in two years and not have a fall guy. And I think yeah. it should be both coordinators realistically. I don't know. Well, I mean, I, Brian Brian Callahan doesn't really call plays. Yeah, but I think there has to be the guy that you can put this. If they're going to bring back Taylor, which I think this confirms with a win yesterday, that Taylor is going to be back at head coach, you have to put, you know, a face to this, you know, disaster that's been the last two seasons. So plaster plaster lose face on every flyer outside of Paul Brown Stadium because that's and, uh, slide a little picture of Jim Turner, even though like both you guys, there is a case out there. That, oh, you know, they've, they've showed something this year, but with injuries and everything that these guys maybe deserve to keep their job. No, thank you. Like, let's let's do something up. We have to mix it up a little bit, obviously. Like, Yeah, I think – I don't know the the possibility of it, um, but with the writing on the wall being that the Bengals are getting rid of their defensive coordinator, 
And a former Bengals defensive coordinator, more likely than not, is probably going to get canned in Minnesota. Unless Mike Zimmer is, like, hot off the press, someone wants to bring him in as a head coach. I love the idea of him coming back and just kind of being the defensive coordinator, kind of like the way Dick LeBeau was for Pittsburgh, where he yeah. he, he was the head coach for a little bit. It didn't work out. And, and, but Mike Zimmer had more success than Dick LeBeau did as a head coach. Right. But, like, you know how, like, from what feels like 10 to 15 years, I don't know how long Dick LeBeau was the defensive coordinator in Pittsburgh, but, like, uh, it's one eternity. eternity. One yeah, eternity. my entire life, like – but so, like, you know how, like, Dick LeBeau is, like, kind of, like, connected. Like, in the Steelers' defense, they're in, entwined. Like, that is what Dick LeBeau will be known for. Why not bring Mike Zimmer in to kind of be that? Let I, him just I'd be- love to see it. I, I don't necessarily – I'm not as confident as you are that, that Zimmer's going to get fired in Minnesota. I think that yeah, they're I was just about just to say look at that defense and say that they are so young. And he's proven that when he has his guys, they can – they can win, and that offense is talented enough. I don't know if he's going to get fired, but if he does, I would love to have him back with the Bengals. And I think that, that that a defensive coordinator job is going to be the spot that he lands because nobody is, you know, nobody's barking to bring Mike Zimmer on to be a head coach. Yeah, that, yeah. Well, I was just so like, going to say, do you think there's a? I'm trying to think of a team because obviously there's going to be a couple openings. Will can Zimmer get a head coaching job? I I don't know. I don't. I think he would be the most likely to out of like the. Names being I think, thrown around. Uh, I, I think that I think that the first defensive coordinator that we see get hired as a head coach, or first defensive-minded guy that is going to get hired as a head coach this offseason will be Robert Sala. But I don't know. And, and that's okay. even if he wants it too. Like he, he seems pretty content in San Francisco too. Like that's one of those things where I think it comes down to whether or not he feels like he he's going to a place that you know he wants. That I, I don't know. I mean. Uh, he would have to find a, you know, it's going to be a tough sell to bring him away from there because there aren't many organizations that have dedicated the draft capital that the Niners have to the defensive side of the ball. So yeah. no, but I did, I did, I did see something yesterday on Twitter where like the Jags have like seventy six million dollars in cap, like that they can spend going into next year, and I mean he would be able to just to walk in, have his quarterback right there, bing bang boom, and I mean they do have some young pieces on defense. You could build a defense with that money, but like I'm not saying that's. What I don't know. If, yeah, I I think that that is the least attractive head coaching job, just because they've shown that uh you know if you falter even a little bit, they're willing to blow that up in a heartbeat. So I well, don't know. You know, I, I mean, I mean, obviously Doug Wren's been there the whole time, but like he got his roster ripped to shreds after losing in an AFC title game. So it's like, is that really an organization you really want to go coach for? I don't know. But I think that that's, that's going to be fresh on people's minds when they're going out to look for a new head coach. Yeah, so bringing it back in towards the Bengals, obviously it was depending on what side of the fence you sit on, you, you're either super pissed that they won or you're excited that they won. And, you know, if you're dead set on the Bengals drafting Panay Sewell to be the end-all, be-all on the offensive line, then you're probably pretty upset. Um, but if you're if you're kind of a, I guess, a rational sports fan, you realize that not one player makes an offensive line, and there are six more rounds to the NFL draft yeah. plus the agency. Um, I mean, obviously, yeah, like, and in, in, it's not even with – 
it's not out of the realm that if the Bengals drafted five, he could be there at five. He could, and I was just about to say, it's not completely off like, the table. It's not, Obviously, yeah, it's not off the table by any means. And they right. can still draft third. Like, they can still get back up to third if, if a team, you know what I mean? So right. I think that unless they win, then they fall to, like, 12th which <laughs> next week, which would be. Yeah, why don't we ha- go ahead and, and <laughs> beat Baltimore, and let's just pick, like, 17th how about that? I, dude i love that I, I am all for winning this week uh yeah just, what, so what you guys is you you just said you're fine with winning i wanted to lose but then as the Bengals are winning you're like oh let's go win this game you know that's how i am and then everyone's like oh you know we can't get penny stool that was the anthony munoz first off the guy hasn't played a snap all season you know hasn't, touched, hasn't played a snap in the nfl Hasn't played snap in the NFL, and you're saying, oh, he's Anthony Munoz? Yeah, he's supposed to be really good, but get the fuck out of here with that noise. Yeah. And then the Bengals, you're the the best. Momentum going into free agency, too. I think that that matters. Yeah. It's not like, oh, the Bengals are guaranteed suck now that they can't get Panay Sewell. It's like, you didn't know who that was before. I didn't know who that was, like, Like, a month and a half ago. Like, come on. Like, there are some really, 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 like, fun pieces like fun players after like you know, okay so let's say like Penae's off the board let's just say hypothetically okay you have probably four guys that I think are the because I don't see them taking a, a, any offensive lineman that because which, I think which, no. it's insane like, like I just, I'm gonna be ripping my now I just want to say this now because I'll say I'm I'm gonna preface my rants for the next two months. If they don't like this, doesn't mean that you don't take an offensive lineman. I know it's a reach, and I know that in the NFL you're supposed to take the best available player, and you're not supposed to reach. But they need to reach, and, and it's I don't know. It's just it's something that the Bengals have never done. I'm not expecting them to do it. I fully expect that we'll see Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts in a Bengals jersey next year. We won't even go get Devontae Smith, who's my he's the only non-offensive lineman that I would want them to take with that pick. But you would uh, be I, mad if we got Kyle Pitts at let's say like five or six. Yes. Wow. Okay. I want a top tier. I I think you need to show Joe Burrow that like hey, we're not leaving you out to dry. Would much rather go get uh, a guy in free agency that's that's established than than reach on a guy that's not Penesul. I don't. I, just, I don't see opinion. the harm in, I don't see the harm in reaching with that pick. I really don't. But I. I mean, I, I don't know. If you trust the Bengals in free agency, go ahead. But I don't. Look at who I'm, the I'm look at the Bengals drafting offensive linemen. They but not named Jonah Williams. It's been a disaster the last four years. I know, but it's like we like I, they're not going to go out and I, I don't know. I, I don't think they're going to go out and get somebody that has the potential that that draft pick could have. Okay, Here. that's fair. If they don't go out in free agency and spend on a guy like we've talked about the Joe Thune guy or whatever, um, you know, a guy like that, Modern. they don't. Martin is a tackle from Carolina. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent. He's young, talented, good. Um, and there are going to be other guys that are going to be available. I just think f- for me, like, f- granted, it's just like mock drafts. So, like, I'm not going to put a ton of stock into it. But, like, I think there's a reason why there's Panay Sewell and then, like, the next tackle isn't to like 15 like that's 10 and, and granted like yes you need you, 
they wouldn't if they don't take a tackle or they don't take a lineman with that first pick, it better be the second pick of the draft. Yeah. That yes, needs to be an offensive lineman no matter what. Has to. But like the my thing is is if you look there's there's two ways to look at this for me. It's like you can get Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith where you're not only are you addressing a position that is going to be a need, it's going to be, you need three wide receivers in the NFL. Like the way that like their offense, their personal, that they run, they have three on the field more likely than not. They don't have, and they don't have enough speed in my opinion. Like they don't have like, they don't have take the top off the defense. Yes. T Higgins is a freaking stud and he's not getting enough like media attention because He's 92 yards away from having a thousand yards on the year, and you could probably say I think it's close to like 300, 400 of it of them have come without Burrow, which is so impressive. And he's going to go down as the the rookie leader in receptions for the Bengals. Like that's you know that's no joke. He's the real deal. But like the idea of them potentially adding Jamar Chase, who had played with Burrow. At LSU, he almost had 2,000 yards receiving, averaged 20 yards a catch, had 20 touchdowns. Like I've I've watched I watched him and Devontae Smith's highlight reel yesterday. Like I think the idea of of give hey hey Joe, yeah we didn't get the, the lineman that you want, but here's Jamar. Like here's your buddy. Here's your but, guy from LSU. And then do you, do you and think then, that his do you watch his highlight tapes and come away being like those are catches like those are catches that are open in the NFL because I don't. Why I love Devontae Smith so much is because when you listen to him talk about route running and, and you know, how he approaches games and, and matchups and, you know, settling down in spots in the defense, I've never heard a wide receiver with that kind of talent sound so calculated and scientific about what he does. Okay. He is, I think not, he's by far the most impressive wide receiver in the draft. He, uh, look, he is he's a He's got stud. the speed to back it up. He is a, he, no. Hold on. He is a stud. I'm not saying he's not. And he will in I mean he's he should win the Heisman. He should be the Heisman winner. And if he's there, like my thing is is I'll say this. If they take Devontae Smith, I'm not gonna be pissed. If they take Jamar Chase, I'm not gonna be pissed. I think there are ups there's upside to both picks. But I also think there's a little bit of recency bias with all the Devontae Smith love is because Jamar Chase was going to be the number one receiver taken this year. Like he was projected to go top three. He's just like, no, I'm going to, I'm opting out. Like they weren't. I, I'm just, I'm before, just saying at, like, not like go and say that like before the season, look at who else we thought was like going to be the top receivers. It was Waddle who like, yeah, I mean, he, he still goes top 10 to, more likely than not. Well, <laughs> yeah, probably yeah, go top and, 10. And he absolutely should. Uh, but you're looking at Waddle, who's like very similar guy to Ruggs and, and Judy. But I, I don't know. I, I just when I watch, I, like, I mean, I, and I don't know, like you can correct me if I'm wrong, but those two guys were kind of it when it came to like the top tier wide receivers coming out of this class. Jamar Chase was is in that like he is. Yeah, that's in what that. I'm saying. Yeah. Jamar Chase and Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle were those top tier guys. And I really didn't hear about anyone else. But now it's like you, you, when you watch what this kid what I don't know when you watch what Devonte Smith does I just think it's wildly impressive and I'm not saying that Jamar Chase would be bad because I think Justin Jefferson's shown that like 
that offense translates. Like the yeah. skill set that you need in that offense translates. But when I watch Jamar Chase's college tape, I'm not like, those are plays that I see in the NFL. When I watch some of the stuff that Devontae Smith does, I'm like, that that I can see translates right there in front of me to the NFL. So so my thing is, is so I watched both tapes. A lot of them are a lot of Devontae Smith's highlight reel and Jamar Chase's highlight reel. It's both of them. They're, it's go routes. I mean, they're just cooking by their defender. They're getting open. Some of it, some of it is, some of the uh, the Jamar Chase highlights were you can tell like it's a lot of the passing scheme, the concept that they had at LSU. Like he was getting open. The bunch. talent gap, but, the talent gap will be a lot more evident when you. The talent gap between college and the NFL is going to be a lot more evident, I think, when you see Jamar Chase step in the NFL than it will when you see Devontae Smith step in the NFL. I guess that's that's kind of my bigger bigger point. But my thing is, is dude, Jamar Chase got open. Like, Devontae Smith got open. Like, they both get open, and I think, like, if if, if Zach Taylor goes in the room and be, goes, hey, Joe, Devontae or Jamar, who do you want? Who do you think Joe's going to say? Joe's probably going to say he would right. wants to throw to Jamar. But, like, but my thing is, so if they take Devontae Smith or Jamar, I'm not going to be pissed. So they're, they're both really good wide receivers, and they're both going to be studs in the NFL. And plus, one thing that I did see, and it was kind of interesting to me, is that someone said – someone floated the idea of Kyle Pitts, which is – Me. I've, and it's also all over Twitter too. It's also you. It, you are you are probably the the big Kyle Pitts guy on the podcast, Donnie. I think that's going to be your thing. The one thing that I do love about the idea of adding Kyle Pitts into this system is you kind of see it with Travis Kelsey. He's a matchup nightmare. Kyle Pitts is a wide receiver in a tight end's body, and I think if you look at they're gonna have to have a, a linebacker guard Kyle Pitts. Like that's gonna be a problem. Good luck. Like good luck. Good, like and he's got speed and like fast as fuck. And I'll and I'll say this: it's so much more fun and interesting to talk about all this right now because it's like, hey, Penny Sewell, yeah, stud tackle. There you go. But then you're just giving Burrow another little ooh piece of candy. Here, here, oh, we want more. Here you go. Like you're just giving him more weapons to throw to and. I just geese my thing I'm with that is that yeah, it'd be awesome to watch him throw to any of those guys. But like when's the last time that you saw a team that like was had a successful rebuild draft a wide receiver with their first round pick? Like in the rebuild. That just doesn't happen. It's offensive but, line, it's defensive line, it's quarterbacks. Those okay. are what make or break your team. No, I know. And I will say, let me say this before you guys I do not think the Bengals are gonna draft any of those well basically i don't think we're gonna get sewell i think he'll be taken before it's not off the table but i you know just i just think dallas kind of dallas kind of messed it up for them because if you look at the teams that are drafting like the dolphin i mean the dolphins might take him because the dolphins get well, the, the dolphins, dolphins and the jets i think could they both need the jets take a quarterback i think Dude, the Jets. I, I don't think that – I think that the Jets uh, are not going to be sold on anyone besides Lawrence enough to kick Darnold to the side just because they're that yeah, dysfunctional of an organization. I, I think they should. I think they absolutely then, should. Like, I don't think they But then will. you have Atlanta. You have Atlanta. Does Atlanta take a quarterback? You're probably – I mean – That's a good question. But, so, uh, but like, Atlanta. are you ready to are, – are, 
you know, are they going to take somebody that they want to play now, or are they going to take somebody that they think can sit behind Matt Ryan and maybe draft in the second round for a year or two and then come in and be a stud? So all depends on who gets that head coaching job. I think if a head yeah. coach comes in there and, and goes, all right, let's just do it. Let's just get the quarterback and let's start this thing. Go- let's get this thing going. Because, like, I don't think Matt Ryan's going to, you know, I mean, Matt Ryan will win you ball games for sure. I mean, he's proven that. But, like, I, I don't know. Th- that's a whole different topic. And then right. I don't I – mean, Miami, you know, Miami is probably the wild card. But, God, I love draft talk. I love draft talk. I know. It, it you is, get lost in fun. it, dude. You get, you get lost, lost in it. it. And, luckily, after next week, we'll have a whole offseason to we talk about have, that. Yeah. But. So – yeah, but, like, I think that was just the biggest thing, though. Like, people were so pissed that they, like, lost out on the chance to get Penny Sewell yeah, for the people moment. People need like, to shut up. Those people need, just hey, need to shut up. Hey, that's – you need to start winning at some point. Right. Like, you need to. Like, or else, where are you going to – like, you're not going to get any hope or any, like, real – Whoa. As whoa. crazy as it is, too, like, if they win next week, what do we – how many wins we end up with? Five? Five. Three I mean, of them without Burrow. My target was six, so it's like. And they very well could have. Wins with three different quarterbacks. Your two guys that you spent the most money on free agency. I mean, Zach Taylor's coming back already, but that even like you get to five wins, forget about it. I, I yeah. mean, as crazy also, as to say, that's that's what I wanted to see out of him this year. And if yeah. they can get to five, it's like okay, well, your quarterback got hurt. I can give you. I can sacrifice a win for that. Dude. So before we go get into an ad read from Tito, I saw this stat from the boys of Hear That Podcast Ground, which is if you if you are a Bengals fan, if you consider yourself a Bengals fan and you do not listen to them every week, you're not doing it right. Because those two are the I think two of the best at covering the Bengals and they keep it real. They are very open about shitting on the Bengals if they need to. But but they they really do bring out good stuff. So the December Bengals, like I've, I've mentioned because of them, the Bengals win percentage in December is like above 500. It's, the, it's their best month as a franchise. They have won when they have a losing record, which has happened a lot. If they go into the season finale at home, how many games in a row do you think they've won? I know I was at one of them uh, like three years ago. So it's at least three. How many do you Wait, think they've just won? at home or it's it's season finale at home when oh, they have okay. a how many do you think one one in the row? I'll say Maybe. I'll say four if Titus is three. Oh my god. <laughs> let me let me let me pull this stat up because it is legitimately it's ridiculous. Hold on. What? Uh they have won eleven in a row. What? And they are they are 16 of 17. Well, dude, even like I remember on the road, they've won a couple too. Like, okay, geez, that makes no sense. It's so Bengals. Yeah, because wait a minute, that the win that got the Bills in the playoffs At a couple of years ago, that was away. Yeah. yeah, and we had like six yeah. wins going into that. It's 11 in a row and 16 of 17. That's that so, is Baltimore awesome. opened as like 12 point favorites. Hammer the Bengals. I mean, the only thing, the only thing is that this this Sunday is going to be so much fun to watch. It really is because, like, the AFC playoff picture is bonkers. Yeah, it's crazy. And, 
it's wild. And, like, Baltimore needs to win. The Bengals just seem to win at home the last game of the year. Yeah. It's well, clearly, wild. if they've won fucking 11 in a row. Like, I love it. Six, 16 of 17. That's <laughs> ridiculous. I can't believe – that's, like, I can't even wrap my brain around that. That's crazy. That's All like right. we gotta we gotta wrap this up. I want to get you guys your due on the on Bearcats talk on the other side of the break here. So I'm gonna go ahead and, and start this ad. Hey guys, do you enjoy listening to Tailgates and Heartbreaks? Then you need to visit Section 513. Section 513 is Cincinnati's newest sports blog, featuring Geezer, Donovan, as well as some writing from myself. You can get our takes on anything you may be interested in, Cincinnati and beyond, on Section 513. Visit Section513.com today. That's Section513.com. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Um, moving on to the Cincinnati Bearcats. They have their uh, New Year's Six bowl game. Um, I mean, you could probably say it's the biggest game uh, in program history. Maybe. Probably. I would um, say so, yes. They take on uh, Georgia, uh, two-loss Georgia, um, in the uh, Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl in Atlanta or Hotlanta, Catlanta, whatever you want to call it. Um, Tailgates and Heartbreaks does have a media pass. I will be there all the way up in section 301. So that's so. Don't worry. Uh, I we will be there. Um, I'm super excited for this game. Um, they had uh, they had I guess like they had their media day today, at least with like UC and whatnot. Kirby Smart was saying that this was a uh, um the second most talented like receiving core offensive talent whatever that they faced all year next to Alabama skill based so, players yes. yeah second. so that's shout out Kirby Smart for respecting the cats um the difference between the two teams is pretty clear though uh Georgia has had i think it's nine opt outs which kind of sucks um more i think it's primarily on the defensive side of the ball yeah um and UC has had zero which is probably expected. Um, but, I mean, this game is pretty much going to be strength on strength, in my opinion. Um, you know, UC's defense going up against Georgia's offense. JT Daniels in the, I think it's three or three games he's played since coming three, back. Three starts, yeah. Uh, he's looked really good, and that offense has put up 40, 40 points per game. Um you can wonder why he wasn't playing the whole entire year. Um, there's all a bunch of rumors about why he wasn't, but I don't need to get into those. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's it's going to be exciting. Uh, I mean, I I don't I think the under's going to hit. I think it's going to be more of a grinded out game. Um, what is it? Forty nine. I think it's fifty. Okay. I think it's fifty. And considering every time this year that I've said, oh, hammer the Bearcats over in this one or the under in this one, I've been wrong every time. So maybe fade me and take so the take over. take the over. Yeah, so take the over. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you want to win some money. No, but um, I – so Jared Dokes, uh, the starting running back for UC, uh, what missed most of the championship game against Tulsa uh, with a leg injury. Um, but he said he is pretty much good to go. Um, honestly, if you, I mean, you want him there, you want him on the field, but it's okay. Cause the one, they have Jerome Ford backing him up. So like, you know, not the end of the world. Um, I, but for me, 
this goes back to what I think we harped on really early in the year. The key to the game, it lies on the arm and legs of number nine for uh, UC. Uh, if Desmond has a decent game passing, like he has been doing the past couple uh, weeks, I think UC wins this game in a close one. But if Des has a bad game, I think this is going to be – I might be in for a long day in uh, Atlanta. <laughs> I just put it. I mean, so the Bearcats, I'm not going to say I, <laughs> they could get fucking shredded, <laughs> but I'm not going to go that route. I think the lazy narrative is going to be Georgia doesn't care about this. They have a bunch of opt outs. The opt outs are there and it's a big deal. So you We've got all SEC. Before. We've seen yeah. this movie before. Everyone said this last year, too, and they came out and kicked the shit out of Baylor. I'm not buying so, that. So I was going to say, Tito, so the year before that, Kirby, um, he changed his dynamic on this opting out. He basically said for last year, look, if you want to focus on your pro career, you've done enough for Georgia. You know, go focus on yourself. We got enough guys. We don't need you playing the game if your heart's not in it. Last, They lost to Texas. He changed his philosophy. Last year, they had a bunch of guys opting out, and they kicked the shit out of Baylor. So now Kirby is all in. He's coming out and saying, you know, we did the same thing that we did last year. Uh, we got, They have really good – I mean, their best their best defensive player is uh, Ogilari or Ogilari, and he's playing. Ogilari. He's playing five-and-a-half sacks, nine-and-a-half tackles for loss, but cornerbacks Eric Stotes, linebacker Monty Rice, guard Ben Cleveland, um, corner DJ Daniel is still up in the air. Um, you know, Stokes, the cornerback, leads the team in interceptions. Rice is second in tackles. Cleveland's their most experienced offensive lineman. They also have a couple guys that are injured that are probably won't play. Trey Hill, the center. Um, all these guys are gonna get drafted, but th- I, I still think. Um, I read it. I've been reading th- the newspaper in Athens just to kind of get a sense of what they're thinking down there. I mean, Georgia, their second team is still going to be ranked higher than Cincinnati's first team, obviously. Yeah. And I don't, I don't necessarily agree that old Georgia doesn't care about this game. Um, you know, some Georgia fans I'm reading, like, oh, you know, who cares? You know, Cincinnati's not getting that at our best. We don't really care about playing them. I don't really buy it. I think these players, they, they want to play. They proved that last year when they beat Baylor. Um, it's a big game. Atlanta. Like it's, it's yeah, it's in their backyard. Yeah, you can't it's tell in their me. Backyard. Like, and obviously they're they're going to be without some of their best defensive players, but dude, the guys, their second stringers are going to want to come out and prove themselves. Um, so I'm not buying the narrative that Georgia doesn't care about this game. It's going to be pushed though, like no other. And it's going to be the most, it's going to be the most infuriating thing is that that narrative will be pushed. Oh, for wow. sure, and it's like a lose lose for Cincinnati because if they win, it's like oh Georgia didn't. Um, Georgia didn't have all their best players, and then if they – or if Cincinnati wins, that's what they're going to say. If Cincinnati loses, it's like, oh, see, they, they couldn't even beat Georgia's second team, and they definitely shouldn't have been in the playoff. So really, realistically – but for Cincinnati fans, the national media can say whatever they want. I don't really give a shit. Cincinnati has never won a game in football this big, okay? They yeah, got no. waxed Mm-mm. against Florida. They played – they came out and played terrible against Virginia Tech. Um, those are the only yeah, two games that are comparable yeah. to this. That game sucked, by the way. Both those games sucked. Virginia Tech game was brutal. It was terrible to watch. The, the Florida game, I remember crying. I was in like fifth grade. I was crying watching. Which, 
it, it's so funny to go back and think about, like, I thought UC was going to win that game. I thought it was going to be very competitive, and I thought UC yeah. was going to win. And then it's like, afterwards, like, wait a minute, this was Tim Tebow's last college game, and we thought that UC even had a remote shot of winning that game. And you look at that Florida roster, dude, it's insane. Like, that's Carlos the best college of all time. Carlos it's riddled with people's breakfast. That was... There Riley was no Cooper, chance. the Pouncey twins. Um... Aaron, Aaron Hernandez, Hernandez, who's dead. <laughs> um, I mean, that they, team yeah, they had talent. Yeah, that 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 roster was just Cincinnati. Cincinnati didn't have a chance to win if Brian Kelly, if Jesus Christ came and was their coach, they didn't have a shot at winning that game. Like Florida yeah, was so yeah. good, but now Cincinnati, this Cincinnati team, I think, is better than that one. That Cincinnati offense was amazing, but Cincinnati's defense. I mean, Florida's got the best Russian defense, but Cincinnati's defense is, I think, just on par with Georgia's. I think Cincinnati, it'll be the des- best defense Georgia's faced all year. I think Cincinnati's defense is better than Alabama's. The um, the only thing that really worries me about this game is, um, so I think it was last year, uh, Marcus Freeman kind of switched their defensive philosophy. I think they were they were a four-man front. Um, two linebackers, whatever. But and when they played UCF last year at home, they switched to a three-three-five. Yeah. And obviously, you're kind of soft in the box, and you know they've been able to kind of they they've been really stout against the run this year for the most part, because a lot of teams in the American are more pass heavy than they are run heavy. Tulsa kind of exposed what. Yes. A competent run in Tulsa cannot run the ball. So, like for me, that's my biggest concern going into this game is if a Tulsa team that was not good statistically at running the football at all comes in, comes in, and they, I mean, they ran for over 100, and I think it was almost over 150 yards. I'm gonna double check on that, but I mean. That worries me because when I think of Georgia football, I think of they just churn out NFL running backs and whoever their running back is now. Zamir I'm sure, White. Sure as shit, probably better than whoever Tulsa was running out there. So that's for Georgia's me. Georgia's deep at running back, too. Even if White, I mean, because I think Kirby and his presser was nervous about COVID. Obviously, he should be. You know, you, you don't want anyone to get it. But, you know, think of Zamir White can't play. You're like, oh, sweet. But, no, Georgia's deep at running back. It doesn't matter who they have out there. They're And they're going to they're gonna run on Cincinnati. Cincinnati's got a good rushing defense. But Georgia's going to be able to put up points against us. Cincinnati, I'm much more worried about us. Uh, we have to score because Georgia's going to get theirs. Um, yeah. I don't think there's any pre- – there's no preventing that. They've, they've averaged 41.6 last three games with Daniel starting. Um, they've ran the ball all over Tito's Gamecocks in Missouri, who's a ranked team, uh, a lot better than people thought. So Cincinnati hasn't allowed 300 over 360 yards to anyone all season. Uh, and but man, this Georgia, I mean, the running attack has really figured it out late in the season. I'll uh, tell three- you what they have gone. UC has gone for them though. I mean, I'm not saying Georgia's not going to score. But they've played a lot of games against some inferior teams where they've made some big mistakes. Like the beginning of that Tennessee game, they gave up a, you know, yeah. had a, had a uh, pretty much handed Tennessee a touchdown, spotted them seven points to start the game. 
they've had some other games where they've looked turnover heavy. They've had streaks where, you know, they get two possessions, turn the ball over in a row, but they haven't played, you know, none of those teams have been able to capitalize on that. And right. I think you see will. So I, you know, I, uh, I'm not so much as, you know, if I was a UC fan, I don't think I, I'm so much as concerned about, about uh, Georgia's offense as I am UC being able to put up the points to control the game. They need to put Georgia in a position where Georgia is playing on their heels a little bit in the second half. And both these teams kind of play, like you said, they want control of the game. They want to control the clock um, and play their style. So it's it, like you said, power on power. This game is just really interesting from a lot of aspects. Um, I'm so excited for it, boys. Yeah, I mean, I'm I, I'm just, you know, right now I got the – so first off, Tulsa ran for 166 yards That's against UC. So that is, you know, UC on average only allows 118. So it's a little bit above the average, but I think it's when you look at who they were playing. That's a little bit cause for concern. Um yeah, I mean, when you look at it, these two teams, like points per game, points allowed per game, they're almost dead on pretty similar. Georgia allows 32 per game. Uh, no, not sorry. They score 32 per game or 33, give up 19. It's basically points, 19.9. UC scores about 40 per game, and they give up 16. Uh, 16. So um, in Georgia's, I mean, Georgia's run defense is stout, 69.3 yards per game whereas UC is 118. But it looks like Georgia's a little bit more susceptible in the air. They give up 253 yards a game. Um, well, and they're without well, their best safety and potentially two of their best cornerbacks. So, so I, you know, I think this is – it's yeah, like you said, it's going to be two teams that really want to control – they want to control the clock, control the game. And, you know, one thing – one big thing that I – one big gripe I had with the Tulsa game is was Denbrock seemed to get away from what they were doing when they were on that tear where they yeah. do, you know, they do the play action, you know, tight ends kind of rolling out to the flat. He's kind of an option as a receiver, but he's also there to block if they run the ball. Like, just – it was just like the little things that UC had been doing so well all year. They just, for some reason, whether it was the practice issues with all the COVID stuff, whether it was – um the weather itself, it was just kind of one of those things where I, it was just, I didn't understand why they were kind of calling some of the plays that they were, but I'm just super excited for this game. I'm excited to be there. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be nuts to see the difference between Paul Brown Stadium and Mercedes Benz. I think that's going to be the big one. Um, but, you know, yeah, I mean, it's going to be fun. I mean, this is, this is exactly a, a this is exactly what, you know, as a UC fan, I think you wanted going into the year. Obviously, if you oh, had, yeah. if you yeah. wanted the chance, you obviously if you could, you want the chance to play for a national title. Um, but, you know, I think the opponent, like, yeah, give us the SEC, you know. Well, give dude, they've won bowl. 11 games the last two years, and they've played in the military in Birmingham. Birmingham is the worst bowl in the country, by the way. Yeah. They've had two 11 teams and they're playing. I mean, Virginia Tech was good. That was a good game. But like, but that's no that's how the vote. American that's how the Americans Bowl kind of tie-ins have worked out. Right. Right. To whose fault it is doesn't matter. But at the at the same time, UC hasn't been able to win the big one. Like they've been able to exactly. win all the games that they need to, but 
they weren't able to kind of get over that hump. And Luke had been Fickle had been preaching all year. He goes, we want to win this conference championship because of what it means to us, all the work we put in, and what it means for the conference because it means you're getting to square off with the big boy. Right. Because, you know, that's that's the American, if if you ask me, is, is you know, it's they, they brand themselves as the power six. Um, that's what they're hoping, praying for. It's probably never going to happen. But, um, you know, they get that tie-in because I think they are a better conference than all the other group of five ones. So, you know, at the end of the day, I think every UC fan is just excited to see how they match up. And plus, the way that Fickle has built this team is completely different than how Brian Kelly had constructed his rosters. Um, you know, Brian Kelly's teams at UC were not very good on defense. They could spread the ball. They were offensive heavy, but, you know, they were pass first. This UC team is very balanced offensively, um, and they are, a, they are a damn good defensive team. And, you know, yeah. Fickle has used the blueprint of creating this Big Ten team, Big Ten style. Like, that is what they are. So, you know, I'm excited to see how this matches up with Georgia, who is going to be their best opponent they've faced in – X amount of years. So, and it's the biggest game in program history, like we've said. So, you know, it's a sellout down there. I'm interested to see how many Bearcats fans make the trip. The only thing that sucks is that it's like, and it's very weird, but like, you're not gonna be able to see the difference in the stadium because it's the same color scheme. So it's like, shit, you know what? You'll be able to hear it. You'll be able to hear it. Yeah, you will. You will, but you know, God. I mean, obviously there's going to be more Georgia fans, but I, I would hope I, so. I, I would hope yeah, so. Yeah, in their backyard. We, we'll talk about that's horseshit, but honestly, I'm just glad Cincinnati's playing in this. I, fuck, they could play in anywhere in the country. I mean, you get to go to Mercedes Benz. That's a treat for any Cincinnati fan. Um, I have talked to like a decent amount of fans going, so that's a good sign. Uh, you obviously, you and your crew being one of them. Um, sorry, my neighbor's walking past. God, he looks like Bernie Sanders. Um, so I'm jealous of you, Geese. You're going to have a – that's a once-in-a-lifetime thing, man. And obviously you hope that Fickle and the boys will continue this and this – but, you know, we said the same thing about, uh, you know, when this happened under Brian Kelly and we've obviously gone – what is it, 10 years? Yeah. So So if you guys can see this, I'll show you right now. So we are going to be – if you see us on TV for some reason, section 309. So this is – if you can see – Pretty damn good view, if you ask yeah, me. Yeah, that is a nice view. The only reason you'll be on TV is because Matt Wall, like, kills someone, and he's being arrested. That's the only way they yeah. should be on TV. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, this, this is this is the same Matt Wall that wanted to go skins to win uh, in the middle of freezing cold rain against Tulsa. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to punch him in the nose. He, that was so. so fun. No, he's a great, like, he's a great time, but, like, I can't imagine what, like, you add a, the American Championship and how crazy he was for that. Can you imagine what he's going to be like in fucking Atlanta, Georgia against an SEC team in this kind of bowl game? It's going to be crazy. He, uh, he, uh, he DM'd Trey Young uh, <laughs> for, for when we're down there on New Year's Eve because we're leaving on Thursday. He DM'd Trey Young asking him, yeah, where's the best place to go to, <laughs> to go to hang out for New Year's Eve? Oh my gosh! <laughs> you guys are gonna get in so many you fights. Be, you might be, you might find this hard to believe, but Trey Young has not responded. <laughs> Trey Young, 
first off, is the most ridiculous looking person ever. Um, <laughs> really bad hair. He also strikes me really as like. <laughs> I don't think Trey Young. Trey Young is like a cool guy either. Like, Trey Young. Trey Young might hang out in hookah bars. I was about to say, yeah, he's like <laughs> his night of fun is like looking at girls at the hookah bar that have blue hair, blue hair, and then go to Waffle House. Like he's, I don't know. Yeah. You guys are gonna have a blast though, Trey Young or not. I'm. Yeah, I know. The only thing, the only thing, you know, obviously a win makes it, you know, worth the trip and everything. But God, like the fact that they're playing at noon has the potential just to ruin the rest of that day for me. <laughs> no, well the thing is, if they get killed, it's like you can get just blacked out. And you're in Atlanta. It's gonna be fun no matter what you do. Like, also, hold on. I got a gripe Atlanta, with the hotel. Atlanta is confirmed very, very fun. You, you you will not have a bad time. You've been to Atlanta, Tito? Yeah, we uh went there for a weekend in college one time. Absolute blast. The only t- I've only drove through it, and it, that was terrible. But yeah, uh, so we're taking down. Shout out to uh the Singler family for allowing us to take the Suburban down to uh Atlanta. Because uh, we were struggling to figure out who's gonna drive, so uh, well, the not, it's not coming back. Matt Wall is gonna throw that in the <laughs> ocean. Wait, the ocean's not in Atlanta. What am I thinking? <laughs> yeah, come on, come on, Johnny, get your get your head out of your ass. Um, oh, yeah, so I mean, I, I, that's really all I got. You know, I haven't really done all like the deep statistical dives just because I'm just excited to be down there, watch the game. Um, you know, I expect I t- expect them to win. I do. So like, I'm just shocker. Shock, shocker. So, head down, we're going. So geez, you're just not a very big like name guy. Obviously, if you listen to the last episode, uh, put geezer in a blender. Um, yeah, I got, I got, I, I, I will say this. So I texted you guys both this when I, I first off, I had to stop listening to it because I got so upset with myself. Um. Yeah, that was bad, dude. Yeah, no, it wasn't great. Um. I knew something. I knew I should have said something after Marcus Luttrell played linebacker for Louisiana Tech. I knew I should have said something there, but I was really interested. You guys mentioned you guys mentioned someone from the office, and I think you said Game of Thrones, because I will not listen to what uh, the rest of the episode. Will you tell me what those names were so I can be more embarrassed about myself? I don't even remember. The Game of Thrones one, I don't know. I, I don't know who – I had the office one. It was the CEO of Dunder Mifflin, Alan Brand, was playing quarterback for, like, ULL or something. I don't know. But I, I don't have the list in front of me. I had it with me for a while because I was just – every time I would see any of those names, I started cracking up laughing. But Yeah, it's a we tough one. You, you were going to sleep before the episode, and we just couldn't let you get away with that. So, But I will say this, though. I'm honestly glad it worked out that way because it was an electric episode and it it you know the storyline for that episode is fantastic. Um, well, I haven't I been following. <laughs> I know I'm not doing well with my bold choices. I don't know if you guys have been. I have the list somewhere, but I mean I don't. I got, think I've, I've got two in a row. I've got two in a row. I've gotten Liberty and uh wait no no actually I'm way hotter than that. Who am I kidding? I think I'm four in a row. I got four. Because Hawaii beat Houston, and then I got I got every game right on Saturday. Who won Marshall Buffalo? Buffalo. Buffalo got Buffalo right. Fuck. Never mind. My record's probably not that bad. Who kept track? Oh, I haven't. I, I, I haven't. Oh, you do too. 
Okay. Dude, I don't think I've got one right. Did Georgia Southern win? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay, I had that. Georgia Southern and Georgia State both won. Okay, hold on. Timeout. P- producer, where where is our update for our, for our listeners? I mean, you're you you are our stats guy. I, you- I, here, let me fill fill some air uh fill some air real quick. I'll go run and get the sheet. Okay. okay. I, mean, I have the sheet, you. but you, I trust yours more than mine because I was pretty drunk at the time of writing these teams down. I mean, is I can tell joke? you what he's, he's supposed to be prepared. He's supposed to be our guy that yeah, has my, everything my on list him. is just a backup. I probably don't even have the right like I think by the end I wasn't even listening and I was just writing random teams. Like I don't even think that this list is any legitimacy. Um so let's do predictions while we're waiting on Austin. What do you think the final score is gonna be? You picked the under. What do you think it, uh, the final is gonna be from Atlanta? So score wise, I'm not uh, entirely sure um i do think it's gonna it, it's gonna be around that 50 mark it's probably gonna be around that i don't see it being like a 38 to 31 game um i i will i'll go with i'll go with 28 24 um that was my pick you bastard <laughs> i'll go here then i'll knock it down i'll go 27 to 24 cincinnati no okay. fuck it i'm going 28 24 cincinnati Okay. Yeah. Well, now I have to. I'll. You know what? Let's let let's let the both teams score a little bit in this one. I'll go. I'll go. Uh, Bearcats win by a touchdown and a game ceiling interception by Sauce Gardner, thirty-one to twenty-four. Okay. So. All right. Tito, uh, you're I'm on gonna, mute. Yep. Gotcha. I'm gonna take a weird uh, score here that I don't think anyone's really saying, but I honestly think that. You're going to look back after this game and be like, damn, UC controlled the entire second half. I think that you're going to see a Bearcats win 28 to 17. Okay. Uh, so confirmed, up. all three of us pick Cincinnati. So Cincinnati is fucking doomed. <laughs> the, uh, the bull standards. What? Pick Georgia. I, I don't think they're gonna win. I know, uh, yeah, I know how much you want to argue with me, but I just no, don't. just no, no, just say it for the sake of our podcast because there's a curse this year when you sweep a prediction show. All right, well then there is an alternate universe where JT Daniels has the game of his career and uh, Georgia puts up 45 wins, like 45-21. Okay, cry if that happens. I, I will be very I will be a very sad boy in the stands, but thank you Tito. Cut the UC pick. So all right, we're back on track. Cats are still alive. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, right, Tito, bowl, give us the, our uh, bowl update. Yeah, the bowl standings as it sits right now. I'm in the lead at five and four, and you two are both at four and five. Geez, you have been on a hell of a hot streak. You started. Oh, one I'm and, not that bad then. I thought I was way worse. He started one and five. And he's now four and five. He's ripped off three straight. So there we go, baby. We had uh, we've had two games that we pick get canceled: the Carolina game and then the Iowa Missouri game. Both got canceled. Uh, I think those are the I only think, two. I don't think anyone's upset that they don't get to watch Iowa play Missouri. <laughs> I don't I think actually anyone... am. I I very much enjoy watching Iowa, but that game was stuck out loud. Also, like paint dry. That the Iowa Wisconsin game this year was an all timer, and uh, if you don't like that man, you don't like football. I don't like that sweatshirt, by the way. You're a douche. Hey man, 
Uh, for anyone else, uh, for any of our audio listeners, just in case you didn't get the video form of this podcast, uh, I got a Wisconsin sweatshirt on. But, Sweet. I got a Tom and Jerry sweatshirt on. What do you think about that? Nice. Nice. Ooh. Very nice. We'll have to we'll have to take a picture of uh take Please a group don't. picture and tweet it out with us. Uh, Donnie, don't. Donnie's Johnny Bravo hair needs to make the uh make the internet waves. Oh. Yeah. Also, I will I will come out and say this now before we uh wrap this up. I will give a uh halftime update from uh Atlanta on the Twitter page and I will maybe, maybe document bits and pieces of the trip down. And, and whatnot. So you absolutely should. I'm looking forward to seeing. Yeah. It. Hell yeah. I can't. I can't promise you that I will be as exciting as if it was like let's say Donovan in my position because Donovan would probably be a little bit more exciting. But I will do what I can. If if hey worst case scenario, I'll just get Matt Wall to to stand next to me and just say a bunch of gibberish and we'll be okay. Well then everyone's like eyes and ears will start bleeding. So don't do that. Um, me and Tito, I'm talking about um. I got scheduled. I wasn't going to talk about this. Obviously, it's fresh. The schedule just came out for work. I'm working uh, New Year's Eve and all New Year's Day. I'm going to be unemployed. I'm not doing that. Um, <laughs> so hopefully me and Tita will be sitting at a bar around 11 o'clock enjoying breakfast, maybe some mimosas. And you know what? You'll be in Atlanta. I'll be uh, – me and Tita will hopefully be together in Cincinnati. So we'll got, we'll have all bases covered. I'm very much looking forward to this game. This is, this is. Uh, I don't often get excited for the non-playoff New Year's Six bowls, and I'm very excited for this game. So yeah, it's gonna uh, it's gonna be a great day. Yeah, and hopefully we'll cap it off with a Bucks win, but we'll uh, no one cares. Okay, so thank you everyone. <laughs> uh, do we have anything? I was kidding. Uh, do we have no, anything? No, I yeah, I, I got nothing on that. All right, so that's good. I'm playing my cards close to the vest on that one. That could go <laughs> one of two ways, and one of them ain't ain't good. <laughs> All right, so uh, that will that'll do it for episode number 13 of uh, Tailgates and Heartbreaks, presented by Section 513. Um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we will talk to you guys uh, the next time we are all uh, able to get together and uh, record. Now that Donovan might be unemployed, that might be a little bit more easier. Uh, it's one less job we have to worry about. Um, but seriously, thank you guys for listening, and we will talk to you guys uh, next time. See ya.